Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Good morning, everybody. Friday morning. You're listening to Jim White, Simon Jordan, and former England winger Andros Townsend. And we're all live on Talk Sports. We're live from Westfield in Shepherd's Bush ahead of the weigh-in for Anthony Joshua versus Robert Hellenius, a fight you can hear live on TalkSport tomorrow night. Also today, we'll bring you the very latest transfer news as Harry Kane edges closer to Germany. Or does he? And we bring you all the build-up to another Premier League season which kicks off tonight between Burnley and Manchester City. It's live on TalkSport. This is Jim White, Simon Jordan and Andros Townsend live from the weigh-in of Joshua Hellenius this Friday morning. 100% engagement. Jim White and Simon Jordan on TalkSport. Good morning, good morning everybody from Westfield, a place I know well. I used to do my shopping here, but this morning it's all about work, it's all about talk sport, and it's all about Anthony Joshua against Robert Hellenius. Andros Townsend is with us, and so too the man you've all been worried about, <laughs> my sparring partner, Simon Jordan, who told us the other day that um, he had been off indeed, and he brought us the news he had had cancer, and has fought it and has come through and I'm amazed but delighted to see you this morning as you brew your own tea. Indeed. Uh, how are you? I'm well. I, was, I just went out for some shopping and I was walking past the shop that you spend a lot of your time in Primark and I suddenly I saw you guys sat here and I thought, I can't miss this one, can I? <laughs> Andros is still uh, in good form as you can tell. Um, uh, listen, brew your tea and we'll crack on with the show. Andros Townsend, good morning to you. Um, the last time I saw you play you were in an Everton shirt um, I know pre-season you've been looking to get back in. I think you were at Burnley, so what happened? Yep. Yeah, so uh, at the end of June, beginning of July, I was invited first and foremost to go and train at Burnley just to, to keep fit and um, get going. And then they soon realised that this guy's still got it. He's still got what it takes. So they put, the manager pulled me in the office and said, listen, we're interested. We want to see you against good opposition. We're going to take you on tour to Portugal and see you against high-level opposition. Went to Portugal, um, played a couple of games. Genk played very well against Benfica, played 90 minutes. The next day was offered a one-year deal. Got back to England, uh, went for my medical straight away. Passed the medical. I thought, right, I'm ready to sign. Like I was in the shower, ready to, to, to go to the chief executive after my shower and go and say, right, shall I wait around? Is the contract's almost ready? As I'm in the shower, somebody from the coaching staff pulls me and says, and just the manager wants to see you in his office whenever you're done. So I went, got dressed, went up to the manager's office and for one reason or another, the contract was no longer on the table. 
um, for reasons I didn't understand. Um, it's recently come out, the manager said in his press conference that um, other options that they were looking at had become available and the injuries they had in the building had come back sooner than they thought, but it's a, a decision I didn't agree with, but that's life. We shook hands, we hugged it out, we went our separate ways, and now I'm, I'm back here looking looking for another opportunity. Well, that says about, a lot about you, Andros, and your attitude, but Simon, that sounds shoddy to me. Um, I don't suppose it's ideal. I think ultimately if you agree something with someone in the real world and in an ideal world, you should try and stick to what you've agreed. Now, obviously, I can't speak to the reasons why Burnley may have changed their mind, but the most important thing is two things. One, a Premier League club wants to sign him. Two, his levels of performance are at such a level that they're going to attract that. Now, there'll be other people that want to sign Andrews Townsend. So whilst that door closes, another one will open. So I'm pretty sure that, you know, there are other clean clubs. In the, will, will you, I mean, obviously your main focus yeah. is to be in the Premier League, isn't it? Yeah. But if a, if, a, if a significant championship, yeah. you're not going to want to go below championship. But if a significant championship club came in, would you look at that? I think at the moment, my aim is the Premier League. I want to see the season start. Clubs maybe need a winger, might have injuries, might realise they're short in the area, might need my services. So I'm going to wait probably a week or so to see if there's any Premier League options. And of course, but, you, but, you're, but you're out of contract, aren't you? I'm out of contract. So you yeah. don't have to wait. You, you can sign after the window, can't you? Yes, but I wouldn't want to ideally because I missed the whole of last season. Yeah, I didn't play so. at all, so I, I wouldn't want to get into a situation now where I'd probably be playing catch up if I wait until September. Now right. I'm fully fit. I've just finished my stint at Burnley. I'm ready to go. I'll probably leave it a week or so, and then I'll start branching out of the Premier League and see what. Have you, are there other are, are there other options already making themselves available to you? To be honest. Before my stint at Burnley, there was absolutely nothing. Nobody right. would touch me. Um, since I've been at Burnley, the managers uh, spoke very highly of me. People have seen me play against Benfica and what have you. There's clips online. So people are starting to, to ask questions and, right. and see what, I, what, I, what my interests are, what, what, I can, what I can still do. So mm, mm. at the moment, there are people asking the right questions. And hopefully, the longer it goes on, the more desperate teams get as the window closes mm. and, and hopefully... But anatomically, you're, you're, you're OK, aren't you? I'm OK. Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. I played six games for Burnley pre-season, six games in three weeks, so yeah, I'm, I'm fully fit and raring to go. Anatomically, are you OK? <laughs> I, I have my moments, yeah. You have your moment. Um, I mean, Andros, very briefly, you were injured, but you're no longer injured. You've done well pre-season, so it's kind of come and get me. You can still do a job. Of course you can. Basically, that's, that's, that's the aim. I, I'm 32 years of age. Um, I felt like when I got injured, I was sort of having my best season as a Premier League player. I was on target for my best goal scoring record. So basically, whoever gets me, I'm looking to pick up where I left off. Sure. Uh, let's bring everybody up to date as we know about the Harry Kane situation. Now, uh, Simon, I know, I think presumably you've been texting Daniel, Daniel Levy, uh, Tottenham chairman. He's over in Miami, I think, at this time. So what's going on? It got really down to the business end of the deal late last night. Um, as we know from yesterday on our show, and Alex Group broke the news uh, as it developed, um, Bayern Munich and Tottenham had agreed a fee. That was all done and dusted. That was all good. 100 million euros. Everybody happy. It was going to be a four-year deal. And then late last night, final round of talks, there was an issue apparently which was still to be ironed out. Simon, it's our understanding here that issue is still to be mm. ironed out. Harry Kane has got one foot in a plane and Bayern Munich are waiting for him. Bayern Munich said to be nervous at the other end uh, this morning as to whether or not A is going to show and B is going to get done. Um, what do you read into it? Well, I was surprised initially when I saw that the deal that was put on the table the last time I was in on Tuesday had only marginally been improved by a series of, of value-added add-ons 
um, and Daniel was in, in essence prepared to do a deal. Now, why we're playing this game of possum or playing hide and seek with ourselves, I don't know at the last minute. I, I get the feeling there might be something in the background like a loyalty payment that, as, as Andros will attest to, if you are under contract, you get sign-on bonuses, you get lo loyalty bonuses. A, typically, if you want to leave a club, what you tend to do is you, you waive your loyalty bonuses because contractually you lose the entitlement to it. But this is a, a, a dynamic situation where Harry hasn't said he wants to leave. Evidently, he's prepared to leave, but he will accept the, the conditions of Tottenham saying at Tottenham Hotspur for another year. It's Tottenham Hotspur that have got the problem because they're the people that would like to keep Harry and certainly don't want to let him go for nothing in a year's time. So the balance of probability is the economic situation in the background may just be people playing a last-minute hide-and-seek to try and get out of a loyalty payment. Right. Or it may be something completely different, but I, I think we're now in the, in the, in the last knockings of this deal. I think it will get done. Now. Yeah, I think you and I spoke about it off air. From a player side, it's probably a principal point of view, like like say Harry, yes, he's going to double his wages at Bayern Munich, but he wanted a move a few years ago. It didn't get it. He played by Daniel Levy's rules and he believes that he should be entitled to a loyalty to see, pay him off see, the back where, of it. where we're different on that is he didn't play by Daniel Levy's rules, he played by the contract that he signed. Yeah. He signed a three-year contract and if Harry wanted to leave two years ago, well, tough luck. He signs a three-year contract, everyone's got to stick to the agreement. If Daniel Levy then subsequently said, I'm not paying your wages, yeah. then we'd have an argument. So he didn't play by anyone's rules, he just played by the contract. Yeah, but so we're, I, we're I, all I, a bit I, unnecessary I think as well, Andrew. I think his last minute Yeah, stuff. I think his problem in that scenario was Yes, he was bound by a contract, but I think he had a sort of a gentleman's agreement. Reading between the lines, he had a gentleman's agreement that. So, so he says. I mean, I, I, you know, I had something similar with Andrew Johnson, and I stuck to it. So I do know yeah. the principle of a gentleman's agreement, and 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 they do exist. The reality of it is, is as you know, Andros, if you want to leave a football club inside your contract, your loyalty payments do become something that are not an obligation for the club to pay. Now, there's two things. Do we really want to have a bun fight on a 100 million euro deal over a couple of million quid? Exactly. Or, or, exactly. or, or does Harry Kane really want to have his principles? Because, you know, when you die, your principles die with you. Yeah. And the bottom line is he's about to go on to a deal that's bigger, better and bolder. So somewhere along the line, common sense will prevail. And this, this media charade that's going on at this moment in time, the veneer will fall down and he'll end up in Bayern I, Munich. I, I don't know what you think, but I think in this situation, the power's in Harry Kane's hands because he's going to say, all right, I'll sit out, I'll, I'll play another year, I'll set up my contract and I'll go for free next summer. Well, I think that's probably probably right because ultimately in a year's time most people are saying why would you even want to take this move if I'm Harry Kane I would be reticent about wanting to go to Bayern Munich because I'd look around thinking to myself I'm going to have the pick of all clubs in a year's time I can go where I want all the contractual uh, salary all of the, co uh, the cost implications of Harry Kane as a transfer are going to go into his salary mm. why make this move now yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, let me tell you Simon at the moment everybody involved in this meeting right now as you might imagine uh, Harry Kane at the family home uh, waiting to hear whether or not he can fly. Uh, we'll try and bring you an update on that. I mean, it's not a media circus, Simon. <laughs> this is actually happening for real, if you oh, no, no, can believe I, it. No, I agree. Um, I agree. It, it is actually happening. And, and at the end of the day, if he gets to go ahead to, to fly, Andros, he wants to know that at the other end, there's going to be no further hold up. He's no longer embarrassed by showing up. Hey, hang on, it's not done yet. He can't sign. He wants to fly into Munich, get involved with Bayern and everything they've set up this morning and sign. Yeah, of course, Harry Kane's not stupid. I think we all know Daniel Levy's probably one of the best business businessmen there is in the Premier League, so he's going to make sure that he extracts every last detail out of the deal from Bayern Munich and out of the contract. So Harry Kane knows he's not, 
he's not silly. He's not going to fly unless he has assurances that this deal was 100% done. That's right. Okay, Simon, in the in the course of the morning, no doubt we'll get updates on that, whether you get information from Tottenham or Daniel or I do or whatever, and uh, we'll bounce them off Andros as we go. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Andros is with us. He looked as if he was going to be joining Burnley for this new Premier League season. That hasn't happened, but Andros waiting for a call because we're quite sure he will be featuring in the Premier League at some stage, hopefully uh, sooner than later in the in the Premier League this coming season. Andros, many people getting in touch regards the Harry Kane situation. Still hasn't got on that plane, still hasn't uh, begun his journey to fly to Bayern Munich yet but we await information on that. Something of a hitch, but they're trying to sort it out. I've got the uh, Munich hotline on my phone, so anything I get, I'll bring it to you first uh, on this show this morning. From a footballing point of view, does it surprise you, Andros, that Kane wants Munich? Listen, this is no disrespect towards Bayern Munich, but this is the transfer that surprises me the most over the last few years. Um, Like I said, no disrespect to Bayern Munich, but Harry Kane, he's got himself within two seasons 50 goals within Alan Shearer's record I don't understand why you would leave now yes we all know Harry Kane wants to and deserves to win trophies domestically and, and on the on the world level but why not wait a couple of years get the record box that off then you're 32 33 still for a strike of Harry Kane's ability still in his prime and then you can go and win domestic um, club honours all you want but yeah for me very very strange I was still very I, I know all your intel was saying it's a done deal but I'll be very surprised if Harry Kane actually moves to Bayern Munich and doesn't change his mind at the last minute the thing is he might not have the same opportunity Andros in three years from now to move listen Harry Kane he's never somebody who, who relied on pace he's always been somebody who's been very smart technically great good with his brain so players like that I think back to Teddy Sheringham played until he's 37 38 so for me Harry Kane's got four or five even beyond the record if he gets it at 32 33 he's got four or five years left at the highest level and potentially as a free transfer if he signed another year or another two years at Spurs as a free transfer he's still got for me the host of host of top clubs to so so Andros you go individual accolades over trophies no that's not something you dream about as a kid, but when you've got so close, like this is, we're talking about Harry Kane, he probably could have, if he wanted to, if he forced his way, he could have gone to like a Real Madrid two or three years ago, but I think his focus was his record. You've got so close. Why not just a couple more years or even, even a year at Spurs, score 25, 26 goals, free transfer, then go to another Premier League club? It just doesn't, honestly, no disrespect to, to Bayern Munich or Spurs, but... This one doesn't make sense at all. It doesn't make sense to Andros, but Simon, last night it became evident to me that the people he's dealing with who are dealing on his behalf were very positive about mm. his intentions to go to Bayern Munich. He wants it. He's ready for it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm half in the camp with Andros. I was never enamoured with the move to Bayern Munich, not because I've got any disrespect to Bayern Munich, because when you look at European aristocracy of football, you put Bayern Munich in that conversation with Real Madrid, with Barcelona, with Liverpool, with Manchester United, and, and, and ultimately Manchester City a little bit more now because of their achievements. Um, but also, given the nature of the, of the player's composition and the way that he plays, he can actually go to Bayern Munich for a couple of years and come back and still get this record because of the fact 
fact mm. that he's only 32. Yeah. Now, the challenge for that is that if Bayern Munich have paid so much dough for him now, 100 million quid, in two years' time, they're still going to want to see 50, 60, 70 million quid for him. That means that someone's got to buy how he came back from Germany mm. at 70 million quid or 60 million quid when he's 32 years of age. Now, maybe it's achievable. Maybe if he's still banging in 30 goals in the Bundesliga, that answer to that question will be easily achieved. Right. I, I've never been enamoured with the deal. I, you know, I had believed, and people will say that's because you're Daniel Levy's glove bucket puppet, but I had believed that Daniel was very keen to have kept him on board at Spurs and thought, thought that he may. Look, the balancing act between the economics of 100 million quid that you're throwing away and the achievements that you can have with Harry Kane, I felt it's not a done deal, despite Opta rating Tottenham Hotspur of having 0.2 of a chance of getting into winning the league or being in the Champions League. I felt there's still a chance with Postacoglu that Spurs could get in the Champions League. All of a sudden, that 100 million transfer suddenly becomes smaller with the 50 million or yeah. 60 million quid you're getting in the Champions League. Yeah. And all of a sudden, why wouldn't you try and keep Kane? So, look, the bottom line is, is that if he goes to Bayern Munich, I've little doubt he'll be a success. I'm always slightly uncomfortable, not because of some little Englander mentality to have England captain playing for a German team. In you the don't Bundesliga. want that, though. I don't Deep want down, it. you don't want that. No, I don't. I wanted. I wanted. I personally. You don't want Harry and Lederhosen. I want. I didn't. No. I, in the Munich Beer Festival, I didn't want. I wanted Postecoglou because I like Postecoglou. Yeah. I wanted him have all the tools to get Tottenham going because a, a, a good Tottenham Hotspur is good for the Premier League. That's what I wanted. Sure. And yeah. I think you say the same thing, Andros. You, you would, in an ideal world, you'd prefer to see Kane post a boy for the Premier League in the Premier League. But he thinks differently. Listen, again, I'd like to see your opinion, but I know all the evidence says it's a done deal, but I'll be very surprised if this happens. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of doing the hokey-cokey on it because I've always believed and maintained and stayed in the position that I think there's a distinct possibility that he'll stay at Tottenham. Yeah. But when you're in this situation now, and, you know, people are playing hide-and-seek with themselves. Tottenham are appearing to have accepted an offer. So the commercials have done. And then they're flicking it over to Harry Kane, saying, yeah, well, it's yeah, on you. Yeah. I mean, this is strange behaviour. There's obviously a reason behind it. And we had Donna Cullen talking about three or four weeks ago. Do you think we've not got a plan then? Look, the bottom line is, is that somewhere along the line, Tottenham Hotspur, a football club, are going to do without Harry Kane anyway. And the club will go forward without Harry Kane, as they've done previously. Right. The bottom line is, is, is it now? I, I do think that this would be rather ridiculous, but you can never put anything past the Premier League and, and deals, that if Harry Kane is sitting at home, as we are led to believe, because don't forget, the media last week were telling everybody that Harry Kane was desperate to go to Germany, and then this week the media did a full 360-degree pivot saying he didn't want to go to Germany. So we are all a little bit floundering in the dark. Oh, the media, Andros. If I was to put money on it, I think he'd go to Germany now. Do you think so? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the craziness of the situation. It's our understanding that Kane was being driven to Stansted about 7 a.m. this morning to fly to Munich after the clubs agreed a deal. He decided to accept the Munich offer as he was on his way to the airport, got a call to turn back. He's still, as we understand it, at the family home near Stansted as this is being thrashed out. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. 
Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Danger. Flammable exchanges ahead. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Manchester City, the treble delivered. Luton Town have gone from non-league to the elite. Chelsea have confirmed Maurizio Pochettino as their new manager. Arsenal have confirmed the signing of Declan Rice, a British record transfer state. Chalk Sport is the place to be for the return of the Premier League. Back into Haaland! Oh, what a finish! Inevitable from Erling Haaland! Unbelievable save! What a stop! The first one was good enough, the second save is out of this world! Wow! Comes to Erdogan, left footing, off the other side of the bar and in! Only one kiss with a header! Scored. Mason Mount from the edge of the box. Busy's one into the bottom left-hand corner. He's still going, Isak, still going. What a run this is. And it's a chance and it's in. What a goal. I can't really believe it. It's all back and it's all back tonight. It seems like no time since uh, recently when I was uh, lying on a Spanish beach wearing ill-fitting Speedos. But anyway, that's beside the point. It is back tonight. It's Burnley against Manchester City in the Premier League. Simon's alongside me here at uh, Westfield as we get ready for the AJ weigh-in with uh, Hellenius. That is later on this morning. That match, incidentally, tonight, you won't be surprised to hear, live on TalkSport, Burnley against Manchester City. Andros Townsend, who has been working with Burnley in recent weeks but isn't going to be staying with Burnley this season uh, it will end up being another Premier League club I'm quite sure for Andros going into this season Andros you were in and around the situation then at Turf Moor of late um, you've watched them at close quarters under Vincent Company. what can they do this season what can they do tonight first and foremost tonight there's going to be absolutely zero fear um, they're going to look to press Man City high up the pitch they're going to look to commit bodies uh, forward they're going to look to play aggressive they're going to look to do what City and Liverpool did at the back at the end of last season whereas the, the full back goes into midfield we're going to see a side a Burnley side which we haven't seen in many years they've to- Vincent Company's totally transformed that team and they're going to be so exciting to watch this season it's, I'm looking forward to seeing them tonight first game it takes me back a few years ago Brentford against Arsenal when they first came back into the Premier League it was a Friday night game the atmosphere was incredible and Burnley ended up blowing Arsenal away I can honestly I can see Burnley doing the same you know, Andros when you look at it tonight for Burnley is it the best possible start for them or the worst possible start for them I think it's the best p- p- uh, possible start for them I think on, on one hand it could be a reality check if things don't go well um, but on the other hand you get Man City out of the way in the first game and then you can focus on the more important games but 
first and foremost, the first game under the lights at Turf Moor. There's no no better team to play than Man City. Um, the, the crowd, every time they turn Man City turn over the ball in the final third, or Burnley's player goes and chases down a ball 50 yards, the crowd will, will love it and they'll spur them on. I can see Burnley pulling off a shot tonight. I mean, they are serial Premier League winners, Manchester yep. City, Simon. <coughs> yep. Can we honestly see, and I think you go with them again, am I right? You go with them again this I think it's, diffi it's difficult to see past them, but I do think we do have a, an intriguing Premier League season. Yeah. And there's so many different riders and runners. But we've obviously seen this fixture. We've seen Burnley play uh, Manchester City in the Cup. Mm. And they, 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 they were impressive for a period of time, and then they got picked off, yeah. and the quality of Man City came to the fore, and they got a bit of a hiding, which didn't affect, didn't derail their pursuit of the championship uh, title and getting out of the, of the championship to the Premier League. Look, the first game of a Premier League season is a unique perspective because everything's new for a promoted club. Everything's got a different sheen on it, a different feel. The fans' expectations and the motivation of the club for the first game of the season against the defending champions is quite high. But reality does often come knocking. Um, and I don't expect Burnley to win tonight. I expect them to, to put an impressive performance forward because they haven't got the scars of a season yet. The, the, scars, the scar tissue starts to build up. Yeah. And the psychological strength that the manager will be able to impart into these you players. You think with that medical theme? Um, <laughs> yeah, I am. I've got, got it in my brain at the moment. But, um, but the scars of a season where you get damaged and lose games will be the manager's yeah. job to be able to rehabilitate them. In this instance, they've got, I would suspect, not so much a free hit because that's a lazy anecdote, but there is an element of that because no one really besides the energy of a promoted side coming into the league and catching a, a, a side early, would be surprised if Man City go and do a number on them. I, I think if we're talking Etihad, uh, Anfield, Old Trafford, I think there are times where, like you say, Burnley will start high tempo, they will start, but then they'll end up getting picked off yeah. in the press. But I think at Turf Moor, tight pitch, fans on top, night game, lights on, First game of the season, all the adrenaline. I think Burnley got a hell of a chance tonight. I mean, five leagues in six years, it's incredible. In the, in the fullness of time, are we not going to see the same story unfold, Andros? To be quite frank with you, I can't see it any other way. I agree with Simon. I think it's going to be a Premier League season like no other. But City are City. Yeah. Uh, listen, I, I can't see past City this year. Like Simon said, I think that the supporting cast will get closer and they'll be better. But City are just a different animal. Pep's a different animal. Um, they seem to just get better year after year. Fresh off the treble. I think there will be a hangover period where maybe they start slowly, but City, the only club in world football that can just go on a 15, 16, 17 game winning streak and just blow everyone out of the water. Back at uh, London Bridge and Studio, Andros, this man and I spent so much time talking about Everton and the fact that Ken Wright and Machiri couldn't even attend home games, uh, in, in the, go to their own seats yeah. uh, in the director's box at Goodison. It really got very shoddy and um, unseemly towards the end of the season, but they survived. They survived in the Premier League. Is it the same again? Is it another season of survival forever? And you played yeah. there. You know these fans. You know what they want. I think it may have to be, unfortunately. I think when, uh, when Everton replaced Rafa Benitez with Frank Lampard, the, the aim was, right, we're still a top-half club. We're going to be front foot. We're going to be expansive. We're Everton. But I think the realisation is now, but they're probably not where they used to be. They've realised it's a consolidation period. Sean Dyche, there's no one better to keep Everton in the Premier League than Sean Dyche. He'll have them resolute, he'll have them well-drilled on the training pitch. They'll be hard to beat like his Burnley sides were. So I think that probably mid-table, bottom half of the table is where Everton will probably be this season. But I can't see Sean Dice getting relegated. Actually, as you're talking, Andros, all the talk this morning about Kane to Munich, Caicedo to Liverpool, Everton 
have just signed Yusuf Chermiti from Sporting Lisbon, 19-year-old. He has signed for the football club. Uh, a striker. Big things expected of him. So they've got one in. Yep. They've got one in. He's a talking point for Evertonians today. And, of course, this is an area... Uh, that they had to turn their attention to because they need goals. Yeah, unfortunately, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, when he's fit, he's a top, top striker. But unfortunately, last few years, he hasn't been able to stay fit for one reason or another. And on the other side of it, Everton have struggled for financial fair play um, the last few years. So they haven't really been able to go out and get exciting, exciting young talent from um, in Europe. So, no, it's great. It's great for one for the Everton fans to get excited about. And he's a player that... I've not seen much of him, but he's a player that Everton need going forward, that they need goals, they need excitement, and he'll definitely bring that. Andros, you're going to stay with us until about half past 11, then Simon and I will carry on with the boxing fraternity and the build-up to this weigh-in. But at this particular point, the, the, uh, the proceedings, I've got to touch on it. As a, as a current player, as a current Premier League player, what is your take? I know Danny Murphy's taking it. What is your take on, in a bid to combat time-wasting, we could see games go to yeah. 100 minutes, 115 minutes, even longer? Howard Webb, the man at the top of the referees, uh, the PGMOL, it was thought Howard might start saying things like, look, we know there's resistance to it, so let's see how far it goes. Far from it. This morning he says, one of the things that will hurt us is if we're not consistent with this. It can be a flash in the pan or a short-term campaign. So they mean business with this. Yeah. Stop time wasting. I think from a, it could be a problem from a broadcaster's point of view, from a fan's point of view in terms of getting the last train home and what have you. But from a player's point of view, I don't see it being too much of a problem. Um, Good. I think if, if you time waste, then obviously you know you, you run the, the risk of getting it added on at the end of the game. I, I time waste. I, I'm not ashamed to say that if my team's 1-0 up going into the last few minutes, I time waste. I kick the ball away. I roll around when I don't need to. But... That's what it means to get three points in the Premier League. It's so hard to come by that, that I'll do anything to get three points. So if the refs are now going to add on 10 minutes, does it make you think twice before you do that? Possibly. But I, I go back to as well that managers now have 26-man squads. They've got the extra two subs. If you're worried about player welfare that much, then use those extra subs. Use those players you have in your squad to rotate more. That's a great point. Oh, yeah. I mean, the ridiculousness of the argument being advanced, I find perplexing. The reasons why you are having increased minutes put on is because of your own actions. Change your actions, the outcome changes. You wanted five subs. You've now got five subs. The consequence of five subs is, is that there's a 30-second add-on. Last year, the average football club only put 2.7 subs on. So we're only talking about five minutes of additional of, of substitute time. Yeah. If you want to go around wasting time, it's easy, Varane. It's easy. Go play for a lesser club than Man United and don't have so many games as a result of it. Exactly. And don't waste time. Howard Webb is on the money. This is what we wanted yeah. from the refereeing fraternity. You wanted a leader, you got one. Your 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. So we're here and we're ready to go for the weigh-in. We're ready to go for the fight. A fight you can hear live on TalkSport tomorrow night. And that comes despite accusations in recent times of agendas from TalkSport towards Joshua, towards Matchroom and even towards Eddie himself. When, like, everyone's favourite mm -hmm. at TalkSport fought Otto Wallin and went 12 rounds, no one complained. Mm -hmm. There is... Let's call it an attack on my name, especially on this talk sport. 
Now the AG Cam Eddie too precious when it comes to criticism. I think that he definitely gets treated with different energy from some of the media. Talksport yeah. specific? Uh, yes. I don't hold grudges against anyone at Talksport. I love that challenge. I'm proven wrong. An agenda against AJ, an agenda against Matrim. All I said was, you don't bring that energy to anyone else. You don't bring that energy to anyone else. You don't bring them your not that energy to anyone else. Now we've let, got let a fight with no, Francis and Garnier. I'm going to stop you because you're talking absolute, absolutely uninformed, proper fights, not Mickey yep. Mouse stuff on the yep. other side of the world in the middle of the night. What? Sorry, sorry, stop, stop, stop. Where'd you get Mickey Mouse? You don't bring that energy to anyone else. You described Chris Eubank Jr. as a charlatan. Chris talking about world title fights, and we don't actually get to see them many times. I've seen him post more sports cars than anyone I've seen on social media. If that was AJ, he'd be getting hammered by the public. Anyone else. Fury comes on and just speaks and says, right, this is happening. And listen, what Fury says, I'm not saying you take it as gospel because we've heard him speak before and nothing happened. Absolute nonsense. But at least he's talking. Get your ass out of bed and come in on the breakfast show then, Anthony. <laughs> listen to my fight live on TalkSport, the home of boxing. I think that last part was the most significant, wasn't it? AJ himself saying TalkSport, the home of That's boxing. It. I, I'm, I'm, changing the pla I'm changing the name of the channel from TalkSport to Propaganda FM. <laughs> That's it, I've had it. I mean, to go to the length to create your own trailer about AJ's comments, about an agenda that well, you don't what, have, is on what, another what, level. It's on, it's on your what, level, what, though. That's on your level. That's what I get called, apparently. What, what yeah, it yeah. does do, here in front of Gareth A. Davis, in front of Spencer Oliver, in front of, in front of Simon, in front of everybody out here, the great and the good, who have shown up for the weigh-in today with Joshua and Hellenius, do you now accept there is no agenda. Absolutely no, sport, never. I never agree with you, Anthony lot. Joshua, you can take me or to the ground. anyone else. Anyone else. No, I don't, I don't. Listen, I think that AJ, for what AJ has achieved, for his resume, we, we talk about this all day. The fact is, we live in a world of clickbait. We live in a world of views, hits, arguments, whatever. And, you know, and Simon, who I always actually acknowledge, does a fantastic job in terms of creating headlines, having arguments, creating conversations. It's what you're there to do. So you're there to probe, ask questions, wind people up, whatever you do. You're like a glorified IFL these days, you lot. Do you know what I mean? I think, it's, I think you're doing a great job for boxing. I doubt that. You're you talking know. about professional outfit now. Oh, Paul Coogan. Um, I, I, reckon, I reckon this week people get, got a bit touchy, not for the first time. It, it happens in other sports, Eddie, but it's a touch of paranoia, and we've come to expect it. There ain't no agenda. I don't know. I think the response I've had this week has been unbelievable. It's actually the first week I've, I've had support from the boxing world in a long, long time. It's had a bit of a nice feeling. Don't yeah. worry, next week will be very different. But well, that's, I, I will that's say because that boxing itself is, is doing a good job of shooting itself in the foot. Mm, no, I disagree. I think that you know, ultimately boxing, we know from research, we know from the broadcasters, digitally in that space, and you guys know, that's why you're here. You know, if, you, if boxing didn't create noise, if boxing didn't create headlines, if boxing didn't create numbers, you think TalkSport would traipse all the way over to West London to go live from a weigh-in? You think you'd, you'd, you'd be talking all day, all week? And through the history of the sport, hold on, through the history of the sport, I'm saying this is this has always been the way. This is no different right now. It's a sport of opinions. We've, absolutely. It's always absolutely. been and it always and will and be. And also it's a sport of ego and yep. it's a sport of... You know, stand by your theater. word, and also we're never going to agree. You know, <clears throat> Simon's never agree going to agree on it. I'm never going to agree with you on it, Jim. AJ's never going to agree with you. Doesn't matter. I just want to see him win on Saturday night. It, I, I feel very. The, the problem with me is, is 
I see, and I think Spencer get, you know, we don't always agree with the stuff Spencer says and vice versa. When you know AJ and you know what he's given to the sport, how much he wants to win, how much he has consistently given everybody their time, it's difficult when people see him get criticised. And Spencer's the same. And that's why Spencer always, I joke, he's like our last line of defence at Talk Sport. But it's important. Well, I understand his journey, AJ, where he's come from, where he's got to, and what he's achieved in that time as well. But also the resume. The resume is insane. And it's like people talk about Tyson Fury as this generational great. And I hate going on about it because I know he's got a lot of support. But when you break down the resume, he actually hasn't really beaten anyone outside of those two. I'm with you. It's always been a Faustian pact between the media and a particular sport and in this particular environment what you've got is a an asset that you guys are protecting and it seems to me that that asset in Anthony Joshua isn't able to have critical observation because if it's critical observation and you included in this conversation as well because if someone criticizes you it becomes an agenda the temperature and tone of conversations are based upon personalities you and I will have a different temperature of a conversation because of our personalities or the, or the way we interact and maybe I'll have a conversation with Shalom or Frank Warren but if people are held to the same account Maybe the language is more robust in the conversation because maybe people rub one another up in a conversation. But your observations and your clever manipulation of the conversation this week have brought out a victim culture. Let me finish. There you go again. Let me finish. There's no clever manipulation. You got wrong. Let me you finish. were wrong. You got found well, let me, out. Let me finish. And if you look at the response of the entire listeners yep. from that show, and I, and, and you I made think, a mistake. You I, didn't come ready yep. and you paid and, the and price. I, and the qualification for that mistake was my observation of you was that you were very prompt now, I had assumed by the text messages I got from Robert Smith that it was Friday. I had Joe on here a minute ago saying he got the message on Friday evening. So the, the dynamic no, of it but is but a bit muddy. Now is we're going backwards but to we're try not, and protect we're not, what happened. We're not. Yes, we are. There's no, no point talking no, about no, not, your mistakes on air. We're, we're here to we're, talk about the Joshua Hanania's We're, we're, we're talking about the nature of the relationship between a broadcaster and you and your, and your fighter. And what we're saying as a very valued broadcaster that takes boxing into a space on Thursdays with an audience of a million five Fantastic. making a mainstream crossover, which is very useful to you. Mm. And obviously as a disc jockey, you. Yeah. I've been making very good playlists like, you know, Suspicious Minds oh. and, <laughs> uh, you know, I would I lie to you and whatever else. Out there. Fantastic. I really do. One of the highest paid ones as well. Absolutely. Thank you. There we go. But the point is, is that this, this idea of a positioning, nobody whatsoever, the same criticisms, the same judgment calls of Tyson Fury, of Frank Warren, of Ben Shalom, and you are put in a bracket. The only difference is, is the subject matter that, we're take, that I was taking you to task on is far more important than some of the other subject matter. Yeah. Drug tests being failed, it's, people being able to get out of drug yeah. tests on the basis of strict liability not being adhered to are very important. Know, I'll, I'll and go you know on it. to Joshua Hania, yeah. uh, Hellenius fight. We come in an hour, a year and a half on, we're still arguing about the same thing. No, but it's we current now, isn't it? No, well, not really, because we go back no, to... No, but it's current now, isn't it? Well, not really, because we go back to an issue that happened a long time ago. With many things we learn... it's current now, isn't it? No. Because you're saying someone's been cleared. That's why it's current. No. But the Hellenius Joshua fight, and the reason why we're talking about that is because we brought up a conversation earlier this week and you wanted to bring it up again, and I'm correcting it. The Hellenius Joshua fight is something we're quite happy to talk about. We're clearing up something that yeah. you want to advance. Yeah, but ultimately... That there is an agenda but, against but look, Anthony. When you talk about an agenda, you're talking about you come back from holiday and you're phoning or contacting, and I know other people you contact as well, but you're contacting Robert Smith to try and find out information to prepare yourself to attack 
me on the no, show on true. Tuesday. I Why I, would you contact I, I, the General Secretary of the British Boxing Board of Control? Be, because I, I of pointed a, it out to you the other day. You're, jur you're a journalist. You're not, I'm not so, a journalist. So I'm say. not the media. So what so are you, you doing yeah. trying to contact I, I, someone I tell you, to go at me? I answer your question? Yeah, because you've got an agenda. Because I'm an interested party. You're not. And I, no, you don't okay. like me. You want to stitch me up. No, you want to try and get one Eddie, over on me. And it's going to be great for radio. It's okay. Shall I tell you? Shall I tell you That's what we mean about agendas. Shall I tell you what I think? You just said that we don't like of course Jim, we do. Jim, Jim, of on what planet do. do you live in where one of your representatives has me on a show and all they're trying to do is build a case Eddie. and go to war no, on No, they're trying to Let hold you finish. to account. You're texting. What is the no, no. General Secretary of the British Boxing Board of Control having a conversation with you for? Shall I tell you why? Yeah. Because I, the subject matter is very important. The sport is very valuable. My value of the sport is very high, yeah. and I like to make myself availed of information. So I asked Robert, when did you cancel this fight? Can you imagine uh, no, can you, uh, the chairman of the FA having a conversation on a Sunday with someone who yeah. clearly... No, no, well, it depends no, if you know what you're talking about. Not, yes. they're, not if they're representing yeah. themselves and their jurisdiction and their governing Eddie, body in the correct are you, manner. Are you suggesting what, Robert, seriously what that Robert you can't Smith? be held to account and I can't no, ask somebody no, a question? You are you seriously I'm, suggesting No, what I'm saying is you can ask what you want. Thank you. Your media. Robert Smith... When he gets a call from the media, yep. yourself, right, and you, you, have to, you have to admit you are the media. I'm in the media. Yes, yes. right. And you phoned him up and you went, uh, Robert, or text him or whatever you did. And I'll come on to something else very important after. And you say to him, oh, mate, I've got, you know, whatever you say, I don't know. I'm just saying how it well, might Well, you seem to gone. know what I'm saying. I'm so probably saying like this. I've got that Eddie Hearn on the show on Tuesday and we want to absolutely ruin him. Tell me, when did you but, get the information? Eddie, when did you get the Eddie, information? Eddie, I wasn't coming in on Tuesday. Okay. As you may well have known, mm, I haven't been very I well. I got invited to your so, show on Tuesday. No, you got invited anyway. to our show a month ago because you guys asked no, no, to come no, on. No, no, yeah, no. you did. Anyway. But, but the point but, but, is this. No, the, the point but, is this. We can't go around in circles. Okay. We can go you're over going, over you've come back from holiday and you're contacting Robert Smith for information. Whatever. It doesn't really matter where you A lot of us spoke to Robert Smith over the weekend. But listen, Gareth, 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 you've been in boxing a long time. You've been in boxing in a long time. I'm not talking about your... I, I respect your media. You have to ask the questions. Of course. Right? Simon said he's not media, he's not journalist. We, we've now acknowledged he is. Well, no, I'm, in, I'm in the media. When Eddie. Robert Different. Smith gets a phone call on an issue like this from Dillian White on a Sunday and says, I want... You know, when did you find out... What should he be saying at that point to the media? He should be saying, I can't comment on this at the moment. Why? Because it's a confidential matter. What? When he cancelled the fight? No, no, no. He didn't cancel the fight. What are you talking about? Well, uh, Eddie, when the, when the, the no, issue... No, no, the you, issue see, you, you, lost, you lost again. No, I haven't. Listen. You, you, you lost he, again. You go around in these circles. Eddie, And actually, when you delve deep... You know, I was in a cab you, yesterday. You, you, you said the British boxing board of control. His geezer went to me. Oh, I'll tell you what, I loved you smashing Simon Jordan up on the radio the other day. <laughs> I said, no, it was beautiful, wasn't it? Oh, what a, what a day. He went, you know what I've realised with Simon Jordan? Most of the time, I just presumed that everything he said was pure fact. But Eddie, you missed the point, mate. The point I was making on, on Tuesday was to commend you for cancelling the fight very quickly in conjunction with... Of course you were. The other I point I want to okay, make I is this. I wasn't then. Tell I me, I you never apologised to Robert Smith. Because when we come back on air and I said to Robert, you said, oh, speak to Robert Smith. He got it wrong then. Yep. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. I got it wrong. You got it wrong. Yeah, but... The, but the, Robert but Smith the never said that, did he? What? Robert Smith no, Rob, never said he Robert spoke to me on Friday, did he? No, he said he said he said uh, he said uh, he, said uh, he yeah, spoke to you in the morning. No, yeah, yeah, uh, in the morning. And when we and when we on air, he went, "Well, I don't care." Robert Smith said it. Take it out with him. No, no, no. I'm he never said it. You, you know, know I got it wrong twofold. I'm not entirely sure. One point twice, three times. I'm not entirely sure what all this achieves. It's achieved nothing. I'm really not entirely sure what all this achieves. What you shouldn't, what you shouldn't wonder, Eddie, is why we try to gather 
information. And hold people to account. But it was good you used this imaginary taxi driver to come to your aid last oh, yeah, night. Oh, that Jim, was, yeah, good. That yeah. was good stuff. Again, what Jim, we are, off again. What we we are here to do is talk about AJ against Hellenius. Yes, and yeah. it should have been Live Dillian White. And it's not. Yeah. It's hilarious. Eddie, I know your time is limited because you're going to be wanted up there, mate, when the weigh-in uh, comes along very shortly. What do we need to see, Eddie, do you think, tomorrow night? What do fight fans who go to the O2 need to see? Now that it's no longer Joshua White, it's it's Joshua Hellenius. I mean, firstly, twofold. One is we need to see victory. But going into a Deontay Wilder fight, which we hope to get made, Everybody wants that confidence going in. And no, no one more than AJ and obviously Derek James. There's a lot of similarities this week. Last time a fighter failed a drugs test before an Anthony Joshua fight and we had a late replacement, it was Andy Ruiz. And that fight week, everybody was talking about Deontay Wilder because we were on the verge of making that fight. So there's a horrible feeling of deja vu, but also there's a feeling of an athlete that's learned from last time. Wasn't quite there physically and mentally, I don't think, for that Ruiz fight. But also wanted to make a statement in that fight. One week before Joshua fought Andy Ruiz, Deontay Wilder fought Dominic Brazil and knocked him out in a round. And AJ said, oh, you know, he knew he had to go to America and make a statement. And when he knocked Ruiz down, was carelessly walked forward and tried to end the fight and cop one. Here, you've got Deontay Wilder has already knocked out Robert Hellenius. So you mustn't focus on that. You can't really win in this fight. If you knock him out in a round, Hellenius is a muppet. If you go eight or nine rounds, <laughs> Wilder done him earlier. So forget yeah. about what people think and just focus on yourself, focus on your performance. I spoke we were, to him about that, actually, in that interview that I'd done and asked him that set that question, is this like deja vu what, with what went on with Baby Miller? When he pulled out of the fight and then happened with Ruiz, he said, listen, I learned from my mistakes. I know what I've got to do now. Wipe the slate clean. Now his focus is totally on Hellenius and about getting the job done. Next, next question I asked him was, are we going to see a little bit of the anti-Joshua of old, a little bit more aggression, putting those combinations together? And he says that's what he's been working on and that's what he's expecting to do. Go I, out I, there. I think, though, you know, certainly all the feedback we've had from campies and sparring partners as well, that AJ has been a much more aggressive in this camp. It's just difficult doing it in the ring. You know, all of a sudden, people... And, you know, when, you, when people start having conversations about you being a little bit, you know, gun-shy, yeah. they expect things quicker. So but it's I, only one or two rounds unfold at the O2 where it's a bit, and everyone goes. Yeah, but there could be. We were, we were talking that. about this um, before he came on air. How if there, there are echoes of his nemesis Ruiz in this fight because of this late notice, even more late notice, and Anthony probably can't afford to let Hellenius into the fight too much because he may not be aggressive like he was against Wilder. He said that was a tactical mistake. If he sits back, and as Simon and I were discussing, and he's in there after four or five rounds trying to create the yips for Anthony, Anthony needs to go out and be aggressive in this fight, I mean, in my yeah, view. Yeah, but I think, that's, I think that ultimately is the game plan. And you can tell by Anthony knowing him as a person, the mood that he's in this week, that you know that he's left no stone unturned and he's got a game plan. I've seen him before where he's, you know, sort of a little bit all over the place and he doesn't seem quite comfortable in his surroundings, etc. This week is the best I've seen him for a long time. I agree time. with I that. The, I would the, agree. The bottom line with AJ is always the relationship with the trainer. When he puts his trust in someone, he's very good at carrying out a game plan. But if he ever doubts that game plan or doesn't truly believe it, that's mm. when he starts to come unstuck. That's what I feel happened a little bit in Andy Ruiz. It's 100% yeah. what happened in the Usyk fight. Right, right. right. And also, and, and just, you know, I, I won't go over old ground, but... You know, he needs to believe in his training. And I think now, after that first camp, now he believes in Derek James. The, 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 the downside is they've been working for six weeks on making AJ believe in that game plan. But has his White. style changed? 
has AJ, it evolved yeah. into a different you, style? Because yeah, that highlight reel that you've got running the whole time is him racking and plundering opponents. And all of that's more than five years ago. All those clips yeah. are from more than fights more than but five also, years I ago. I just think what happened, Gareth, was, and just the, the, the human brain would educate you in the respect of, he fought Klitschko in a war. Yeah, yeah, then no, he's, he got changed, knocked out. he's changed. He, he fought Ruiz, went down six or seven times. I think he said to himself, he's not I the gung ho fighter he was. But he, also, right. he also says that when he was gung ho, a lot of the times he was doing that because he didn't know what he could, he could go seven, eight, nine, yeah, ten rounds. Absolutely he was just right. thinking, get him that out of here true. ASAP. He didn't know where the game's going. He's involved and he's more mature. If, as we all hope, he sees off Hellenius, what's the route after that? Well, the Saudi representatives are here in town to try and close the deal. Shelley Finkel messaged me last night. Everyone's desperate to make the fire. It's really on Saudi to make sure that we finally get the final contracts and deliver the fight. They want the fight for January. I think another issue to consider is the, the activity of Deontay Wilder. He hasn't boxed now for over a year. Is he prepared to go into that fight in January? I think he wants to fight. Well, it was but he also, last October, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but, but he also wants a lot of money to fight that might not be there. And does he want to fight Andy Ruiz before he fights AJ? Eddie, is he here? At the no, fight? Wilder's not coming. Is he no, not coming no, tomorrow? No. So, so That's you're, a looking, shame. you're looking at AJ Wilder January. in Saudi in January. Yeah. Simon, no, people would pay big money to see that. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a very... I think this is a very difficult period for Anthony Joshua, and I think there's been observations of him that have been a little bit unfair. I think there's no win in this fight for him. This fight is, not, you know, if he goes in like Eddie has just turned around and says knocks the fellow out in one round, is what he should do. If he doesn't and he makes a four-act play out of it, then people are going to criticise him. All roads lead to a bigger fight, and that's the, this is a fight that he has to navigate. I, the Dillian White fight, I think, tells you the mindset of the, of the fighter because that was a fight a proper fight because Dillian White really doesn't like against it against your wishes against your wishes yeah, and, much, and, yeah. and obviously we got rid of his silly rematch clauses and so and so forth but it was a proper proper fight yeah so that shows you the mindset of the athletes right now and for this the fact he wants yeah. to keep the fight on and he's taking a pay cut but, we but, have to respect yeah. him we're here because of his decision but, but guys this is, where, this is where I'm at with this whole situation with Anthony Joshua it's not about the, it's not about the audience they're here and everything else this fight is purely about Anthony Joshua regaining that confidence in his own ability and, that, and it doesn't matter who the opponent in front him, him it's, about him. it's about him. It's about him, him. and yeah, doing correct. the job. And if he does that, yeah. that sets him up for the thing. It's not about what people and think. It's, it's, it's in a lose-lose Go situation in going in. But also commercially, yeah. you know, we talk about the pay cut for this fight. Yeah, but there's also a mindset to say you go in and you look sensational. That you'll raise your value in the Wilder fight. That'll make the fight. And we want to bang from the rooftops on the O2 on Saturday night once he's knocked out Robert Hellenius to say, guess what? Yeah. He's going to fight Wilder next. He's going to knock him out. And yeah. then he's going to fight. But Tyson the Joshua Pierre. business <laughs> is always a risky business because it's so enormous. It's the heavyweight game. It's, it's the heavyweight and game. And Gareth, he is, he is to be honest, to be fair to Eddie, he made the point. That's why so many hundreds upon hundreds of people are gathering here at Westfield this lunchtime here in West London. Yeah. Eddie, thank you. Thank you. And thank you, TalkSport, for all your support, particularly your live broadcast Talk of Anthony Joshua against Robert Hellenius and all this Saturday agendae. from the O2. And an unbelievable night of heavyweight boxing. Johnny Fisher against Harry Armstrong, his first title fight. The O2 will be rocking. Philip Hergovic against Dempsey McKean for the number one spot in the IBF. The winner will fight the winner of Usyk against Dubois. And, of course, Del Boy Chisora against Gerald Washington. A 50-50 matchup with careers on the line, but one of the biggest stars, probably don't forget that, the biggest star in boxing, Anthony Joshua, bringing it home at the Lions Den, Come the O2, on, live on the zone with our friends at TalkSport. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, TalkSport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken. Don't forget to leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We're back on Monday.